It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast where one third of us are upset about the result of the Titans game. RDT, do you want to give a brief obituary to your squad? We obviously did that for the Ravens when they were done. I will give you the floor for 45 seconds. Ryan Tannehill stinks. That's it. And there you have it. And there you have it. That's the obituary for the 2020. The 2021-22 Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill stinks. Um, amazing graphic, just absolutely putting you guys, bearing you guys about being the number one seed. That was a lot of Ravens in that graphic, which was tremendous. We had yeah. our moment there. Yeah, I, I, I knew, and the second I saw it, I knew it. I was like, that's gonna, that'll turn into something, and it did. And I've never muted a conversation faster. Just the immediate mute. Just had to get out. That tweet did numbers. I mean. I know it's, it's let me tell you what people like RD, people like celebrating RDT's Titans misery. Um, well, they I, should, I mean, this, they should. It's I think good this, rivalry. Sh- this show has exposed that now more. I think more people are aware of the deepness of your Titans fandom since we started the podcast and man, people were dancing on your grave. Well, also, I mean, the last two years that we've done the podcast, they, the Ravens of Titans, they obviously played twice last year, the Titans and Raven. I mean, Titans have been good the last two years. The Ravens, again, they've been the last year and a half were good. Um, they, sh- I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised it's kind of ramped up because, again, I mean, they're they're kind of they, they're neck and neck. It always seems like for a playoff spot or for, you know, for seeding and stuff like that. So, I was still I I thought the Ravens were going to get in this year, and I didn't want to play the Ravens. I'll just say that right there. Ryan Tannehill. And now we can all focus our hate on the Bengals because. Yeah, you should squarely roots. This loss, though, it it wasn't like last year. Last year, I was furious. Last year, I was like, I was mad. And this year, it's kind of like, I'm I'm pissed, but I wasn't. Last year, like, sucked because the loss. And then, like, I was like, I knew my mentions. My mentions this year were crickets. It was people like, oh, that sucks. I was like, yeah. But, like, last year, it was just like, it was a fucking nightmare. So I was like, Literally okay, well, dancing. I knew I I knew I wasn't gonna get eaten alive from from the inside, like, and and you know, so that that made it a little easier to deal with. So I I I, I swallowed my pride and I went to bed and and I woke up and it was fine. So tough, tough day for you and on your birthday, Thanks, happy so. birthday, RDT. Thank you, thank you. Do are we sure that we're definitely? anti-Bengals on Sunday. I haven't really parsed through my feelings on that. No, no. I meant like more like next season being like, obviously the Ravens are not, I mean, the Bengals, you guys in the Bengals are going to be division rivals for, it seems to be a couple years. And with me, I'm just going to have that taste. Like, I'll, like, I like, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I love Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. Like, I like, I like their team. I don't think they're assholes. They're not, they seem, they're, they're very fun to watch. Um, I don't, I don't have much hate for them. I hate that they beat the Titans, but that's about it. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm rooting for anyone on Sunday. Like I kind of want, I kind of want the chiefs to win just so I could see like what Jackson and, and Brittany do to light the world on fire. Cause that'll be just electric again. I, I kind of <clears throat> want chaos now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who I want in the AFC game. I think I will watch that pretty neutrally. I, yeah, I, I just hope both teams have fun. Well, that of course, but that, yeah. that's what I—that's what I did Sunday night with Bills Chiefs. I was like, I don't, I don't really know who I want to win. Part I, I just... did too. I wasn't exactly sure, other than the gambles that I put in, 
And yeah, I was like, square. I was squarely rooting for the content there with Stefan. I had yeah. longest field goal under 47 and a half yards, and it was all good the entire game. Oh, we had Butker. the Butker miss at the end of the first half. That was a big miss. And then they spotted Kelsey what I thought was a yard further back than they should have. And so the kick ended up being 48. 48 yards, 49 yards or whatever. Yeah, I think it was it 49, yeah. And it should have been under. So. That's tough. I know. And that's, it felt rigged. That's pretty brutal. That's pretty so everyone yeah, is I, was like enjoying, I was rooting. Everyone's enjoying this like once in a lifetime game being like, this is awesome. And then you got Banks being like, move it forward, move it forward. Oh, I also had Chiefs. I had a lot on Chiefs money line. So it was kind of conflicting interest there. But. Yeah. Um, but. I think there's a lot, a, of, a, I think there's a lot of arguments. There's a lot of arguments to be had where like gambling makes a lot of uninteresting sports things way more interesting in that specific case. And I'm not a gambler in that specific case. I would have hated having any money on anything. This is a Darren Rovell. I don't fill out a bracket take for me. No, right but, I, but, but no, I'm just saying, I, I don't like that take either. I don't like that take either. I'm just saying in that specific instance, and I would have had no issues if I was gambling, putting money on it and being different. I'm just not, I just am imagining thinking about thinking about like the over under on the 47 and a half yard field goal. And that entering my mind during that just would not have been fun for me. The miss at the end of the first half was electric. Cause I'm rooting now, the entire that's the time. That's argument. I would not yeah. have cared. I it, didn't care. It about was a fantastic sweat. It was a great sweat. No, I hate the Ravel. The Ravel bracket argument is dumb. It's a stupid argument. It, <laughs> like let people have fun the way they want to have fun, Darren. If you want to have fun the way you want to have fun, then don't fill out a bracket, but don't like impose your will on everybody else and be like, oh, you know, don't fill out a bracket. You'll never love the NCAA tournament more. Like a lot of people grew to love the NCAA tournament because they filled out a bracket when they were five or six years old. It's like, that's how you get into it because it's like, oh, here's the bracket. That guy's an idiot. Um, no, I was to finish this up. I was rooting for the content. Now I will continue to root for the content. So go Rams, Jake Funk and Antoine Brooks, go Bengals, Keandre Jones. Not the Keandre plays, but but Tuan and, and Funk do, and those guys making the Super Bowl will be fun. Although the place of my birth, San Francisco, 49ers. So do you say the place of your birth? Yeah. Born outside Wait. of San Francisco. Oh, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I also think the 49ers are a great story. I love me some Debo. That guy's so awesome. He's great. I don't think the 49ers are good. Like, I don't, I, I don't, and I don't know how they keep winning. Like, the Titans, I mean, the Titans were down 10 on them, and I, I think Jimmy G stinks. I think that's a kind of not nationwide, but I think a lot of people don't think he's great. I, I, they're just, I, they just always find ways to do it, find ways to win. I don't know. They're in it. They are entertaining though. They're fun. Who who were Ravens fans rooting for during the Titans game? The Titans Bengals. That's my question. I'm not. I probably have probably the Bengals to be honest, considering recent history. Really? But you're well, actually. I don't know. Wait, are you talking? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bengals Titans just, or Bengals Chiefs? Yeah. No. No. Who were who were Ravens fans pulling for during Titans Bengals? That's actually a really tough one. Because, like, I, I saw honestly, people being like, fuck the Titans forever, and then being honestly, like, but I don't want to leaning Bengals. Wanna... You, were, you were rooting for the Bengals? I was leaning Bengals, but I wouldn't say I was rooting for them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I had no – I had no – I will say the part, part of me, RDT, and this is just good guy Taylor, part of me didn't want you to be sad <laughs> on your birthday, so I was sort of like, oh, well, even if the Titans win this game, they're not going any farther after this. Like, they're not beating Kansas City or 
Buffalo. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I would have been fine with that. Um, and I just was like envisioning, I was just thinking about how upset I was on my birthday when Maryland lost by 70 to Michigan. <laughs> and uh, I was like, maybe, you know, this is just a tough, tough would be a tough birthday double for you and me. Um, but yeah. So uh, speaking of football, the Baltimore Ravens never out of the news. Uh, Wink Martindale fired, mutually agreed to depart. Resi- uh, we don't know. Uh, leaving the Baltimore Ravens as defensive coordinator, obviously a giant, giant piece of news there. Uh, as the Ravens put out a statement from John Harbaugh, sort of describing the mutual admiration between the defensive coordinator, the head coach, and the organization. But he's out after a pretty tremendous tenure outside of this year when you could make the case that really what was he supposed to do with the injuries on the defensive side of the ball? Um, I think all Ravens fans have seen the stats. Uh, the, the Ravens have been among the best defensive teams in the league since Wink took over. And obviously with the high standards of that side of the ball in this city, that's a hard fan. It's a hard fan base to impress defensively. And I think Wink did for the most part and also just seemed like a great guy was good in the community and players seem to also really like him. Banks, your thoughts on this shocking separation, quite frankly, I was shocked when I saw it. I was also shocked. Everybody I've talked to has been shocked, including the, I think the Martindale family as a whole, they're shocked. Um, I think everybody going into the off season would have thought if you could pick a coordinator that was going to go, it'd be Roman overwhelmingly. Like, I don't think anybody even thought to suggest that Wink Martindale's job was in jeopardy. And, and yes, the, the statement was that it was a mutual parting of ways, but it was a fire. I should make that much clear. The reasoning is not really all that clear. I, I haven't really gotten any good information on that. And I'm not, my suspicion is, is that he, he had accomplished a lot in his first three years here. He was on the market and had opportunities to get a head coaching job, in particular the Giants two years ago. I think it had grown to a point where I think he, I think he was so ready for a head coaching job and it just continued to not be presented to him. And I I don't know, maybe he kind of outgrew his position to some degree as defensive coordinator who was worthy of being a head coach where maybe just, I don't know, egos. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And, and cause this is purely speculation, but um, you know, he, he's a big defensive guy, rah, rah, you know, you know, Wink Martindale is. And I, I, it's possible that John Harbaugh got a little, got a little tired of, it, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say. It's really bizarre. The timing was bizarre, big time Friday news dump. Um, but needless to say, um, apparently it was pretty much out of nowhere. I think there was a suspicion in his circles suddenly on Friday out of nowhere. And then sure enough, by the end of the day, Friday, he was gone. Um, so I think there, there may, may be some resentment in hindsight, um, but needless to say, like he, he did a fantastic job here in Baltimore. It's exactly what he said. He had his arm tied behind his back the entire season on in pretty much all three levels of the defense, um, especially in the secondary. And the secondary is not – if he has a forte as a, as a position coach before becoming coordinator, secondary wasn't exactly it. So um, there may have been some pieces of, of his – skill set that were exposed in that scenario and his scheme that he succeeded a lot with the first three years. 
was exposed because he didn't have those dependable cornerbacks to rely on. And so that, you know, all the blitzing and all those types of things um, just weren't as effective. But, I mean, you just – to me, it's, it's hard to look at this and say it's, it's the right decision. I, you just don't know what kind of personalities and what kind of um, tension there is behind closed doors. But um, man, I'm, I was as shocked as anyone. And um, I mean, I'm glad to have had him for the years we did. And I, I wish him the best. I'll say that much. Taylor, when you, cause I think you, you broke it to me, at least you broke it to the group chat. Um, and you just said wink with exclamation marks. And I'm like, what's, and my first thought was, oh, he's he's he got a job. He got a head coaching job. I was like, oh, I guess he interviewed somewhere and he got a head coaching job. And then I got on Twitter and saw, you know, that 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 the mutual agreement, the the firing, whatever you you want to call it. Um, and that's when I was like, oh shit, yeah, like that's that's kind of surprising. Again, if everyone thought that a coordinator was going to be gone this offseason, it wasn't Wink, um, like, like you said, Brian. But yeah, I, I mean, again, I was as shocked as as anyone. Um, I figured that his phone would be ringing the second that tweet went out. I'm, mean, you know, he's probably on the phone with people and rightfully so. I mean, I, he still could get a head coaching job. I mean, obviously it's a little late in the game, but I mean, teams would be lucky to have him. Uh, like you said, and I know Dable, I think, has he officially signed with the giants Dable? Because I read that's that, what, like, that's where people think it's going. If, if, if he goes to, if Dable goes there, he would bring Wink on as defensive coordinator, which is again he interviewed there two years ago. I think it seemed like he was the lead candidate at some point. I I think he was, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like like you said, just echoing what you said, Brian. He was he was working with guys who were on the corner or on the on the couch, you know, two weeks before they were playing. Like it's not it's it's not necessarily his fault. And if you throw out this year, I mean, all the numbers they, that he put together with the with the defense as a whole were were top one or two you know, in the league every single year. So guy's a hell of a defensive coordinator. I know we played, did we play in front of him or behind him in the Jimmy's tournament that one year? Uh, he, he was, was front close of us. to us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was exactly as advertised. I know the guy loves golf, big golf guy. Um, but his entire vibe, you know, he's a defensive guy. Like he just, he, he is what the, he comes the picture as. and the video of like him when I don't know, I don't know what game it was. Um, when all the, the Ravens were on the sideline and he comes over and he Seattle. Takes, is that what it was? And he takes the chain out and he's like laying it down on his chest. And yeah, I mean, like he seems just like a defensive guy through and through. Like I said, like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that he's, that he'll be picked up within days. Um, that guy like that doesn't last long on the market and some team is going to be really lucky to have him next year. Like hell, I would love him on the Titans. A guy like that, that would, that would be uh He's good. He's going to help a team out. That's for sure. And yeah. And like you were saying with the not ego, you don't want to use those words or whatever, but like when you were saying that it obviously comes to mind of what happened with Harbaugh after they won the Super Bowl and the Bernard Pollard's and the not, not saying that wink is like them at all, but how there was the, the storyline of like, John has to make sure that he's the head dog. He's the loudest one in the room. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't, Again, no one, no one knows what happens, but that was one of the first things that jumped to mind with with the way that you were describing it. But again, that's just me completely guessing. That's that's my suspicion, and I know some the suspicion of somebody who tends to know things in you know in these scenarios um, said as basically the I'm blitzing all the time and I'm a big guy DC thing may have gotten stale with Harbaugh. 
So that, I mean, that's kind of the basis of my suspicion on that. He, um, he, he kind of, he feels like Rex Ryan. Cause again, not a loud mouth, but like, I'm going to make my presence known. We're going to send it and, and we're going to play defense. Like that's, he kind of seems like a JV Rex Ryan. He's not a smart ass Rex Ryan. We'll say that. He's a water yeah, watered down in the sense of like him being braggadocious and like over yes, the top, yes. but still he's not, he's not getting a Lamar tattoo off. on his arm. It, 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 it also just extends. I mean, the Ravens, as we've talked about throughout the regular season, had a very bizarre topsy turvy roller coaster, whatever phrase you want to use for it. This now starts the off season off with a bang from that perspective. And now it's like all bets are off of where I think some of this stuff could go just based on like, as you said, banks, that was the most you figured of anybody on the staff you would have thought that's the most secure guy on the staff based on previous performance, player likability, overall fit. It's like this guy feels like a defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. But this is also why the three of us and no one except for the people in the building and really except for John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, and Steve Bishotti know all the things that are going on. So now he's gone. Now the Ravens have to sort of look to see who the replacement is. The, the the internal ones have been bandied about a bit. Anthony Weaver, Chris Hewitt, Mike McDonald's names come up who had a great first season as the defensive coordinator of Michigan and has the Harbaugh connection there. Um, I'm sure they'll interview some people. I know they were interviewing someone on the Saints staff today who now could get elevated if they elevate Dennis Allen. You said, Artie I think you're right. You know, a little late for Wink to get a head coaching job, but we literally had the Sean Payton resigning press conference today. And so the Saints job is open as of today, as we record on Tuesday. He feels um, like a New Orleans guy too. He would like, I feel like he would tear up Bourbon Street. Yeah, that guy. I mean, he could go down there. That's the thing. Now there's, you have all these moving plates with how coaching jobs go, you know, and and the Ravens could lose other coaches. Bobby, the, the, the great breaking uh, college football rumor right now is that Bobby Ingram is going to get hired as the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. And then Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback, is going to go there because of that. That is right now is the hot is the hot college football. Bobby Ingram, baby. Uh, which would be an unbelievable turn if Caleb Williams ended up at Wisconsin. But that's neither here nor there in this discussion. Uh, it, the, the biggest thing, and, and I don't think there's enough out there to really go candidate by candidate, but will the Ravens go inside the family for this hire or will they look outside and, and bring in a different voice? They have, for the most part, a lot of staff, you know, stability. And then we had a lot of the turnover in the last two years. So will they just sort of usher some people up or will John Harbaugh say, and maybe that would go to your point banks of like, I want some different voices in the room or I, you know, want to kind of assert control here to go outside of guys in the organization and bring somebody new in. It. It almost feels like they are looking to be more secondary oriented. You look at who they've interviewed so far, um, Chris Richard and what was I can't guy from the Cowboys. Yeah, it's it's after um, midnight Witt, here. Wit Wit Joe Witt Jr., right? Yeah, the they're they're secondary coaches on other teams. And then Weaver's the internal candidate and he's the D-line coach and um, when they hired him a year ago, they they were thrilled about that. They like him a lot. And he's, you know, former second round pick for the Ravens and all those good narratives. Um, but it makes it makes me wonder whether I mean, I'm I'm still just so baffled by this, by the decision to let him go. And 
I, really, I'm just, I just continue. I can't wrap my head around it. And I, I, I think maybe they're, they're just looking for something different. And so um, with those candidates that they've interviewed so far, that's in line with that, that type of thinking. Um, like typically the Ravens, the way they operate, like they, they feel like a team that would elevate within. Um, but right now, just, this is such a bizarre coaching change that I have to think that they're looking for something that they don't have at the moment. I know I'm, I'm, I'm looking over the, the athletic article by Zarebeck. Um, and the guys he named, like just to run down him real quick, Joe Cullen, Jags defensive coordinator, Chris Hewitt, like you said, Jim Leonard, which I think is a, that may be like a name. If people hear Jim Leonard being like, that's the guy that they want. Well, they you could know. trade him for they could trade him for Bobby Ingram if Wisconsin yeah. wants Bobby Ingram. Caleb Williams, there you go, buddy. Yeah. And then, like you said, my, I think Wisconsin um, probably makes that deal. I think so, hundred percent. Mike, Mike McDonald, um, Anthony Weaver, and then Joe Witt is on there, and Drew Wilkins, who is the Ravens' outside linebacker coach. Mike Zim- Mike Zimmer too. I guess that's another name. Um, and people have been joking around about it, kind of. Vic Fangio <laughs> is out there. <laughs> I don't think so, dude. <laughs> I I know. I'm just saying he's out there. Taylor, you'll like our, this I one. Don't th- I don't think our Twitter account can handle that. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, you'll like this one. You know who I think the Ravens need to they need to elevate from within? Who? Matt Robinson. Oh yeah. He's on yeah. the staff. He's on the Give staff. Give him the job. Much. Give him the job. I'm doing some very, very re- research I should have done before the show. It would be almost historic for the Ravens to not elevate this position based on their defensive coordinator past. Mm-hmm. If I have this right, and I'm still going through it, Zarebek has it right here in the article. Does I have he it have it? They have it. Yeah. yeah. They. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. I would say somebody smarter than me already did this as I go through it myself. You but want? You want me to read it out? I. I'm assuming they haven't elevated since at least Marvin Lewis. Well, so it starts out with Marvin not, Lewis. I haven't gone outside. Haven't gone outside since at least Marvin Lewis. Yep. And then they went to Mike Nolan who left for um, San Fran. Then they brought in Rex Ryan, or they brought up Rex Ryan, defensive line coach. Greg Madison. Yep. And then the one-year Pagano. Dean Pease. Dean Pease, and then Wink. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, so it would be be almost unprecedented in the last 20 years of Ravens football for them to not – go with an internal candidate. So, and it also seems unprecedented that, that the coordinator is gone and not to a head coaching job. Again, that's what everyone I think assumed that wink wink would never get fired. He would just go somewhere to coach. Like he would leave to accept a head coaching job somewhere. And again, that's why I like the timing of it. Cause it was, it was six o'clock on Friday. Like the, you know, the Friday before the cut, the divisional round and like no one was expecting that. That's why it's like, there has to be something that happened. And it's almost like, like you said, like a meeting that kind of, I don't know if it went sour, like a, Hey, you got to change this or you're done or something like that. And it was like, no, I'm sticking my, I'm sticking my heels in the ground and I'm not budging. And, and it's like, they forced his hand or something, but again, the timing, it doesn't add up. It's very unraven. Like to fire, you know, their defensive coordinator at six o'clock on a Friday. The fascinating part of it now is the, on the heels of it comes the reports of the last 24, 48 hours of a John Harbaugh extension that's being worked out with Steve Bishotti. I think everyone could have seen that coming. He was no doubt going to get extended, but you know, the people in control, I think are taking control here. You know, there is a triumvirate of power here in the Baltimore Ravens. Good word. Good word. It's it's Bishotti. It's DaCosta and it's Harbaugh. And, you know, I think John Harbaugh's 
flexing his muscles a little bit here with his coaching staff. And we'll see what he does, you know, after he gets the extension. Um, first of all, he's got to get an extension because you're not going to hire a defensive coordinator from anywhere with him with one year left on his deal. Uh, but, you know, oh, I don't think anyone in Baltimore is going to be upset about a Harbaugh extension except for the fringe that once him fired. Um, so the money and, and the money of that and the years of that will be interesting. But, I mean, John Harbaugh is – has got a lot of control in the organization, rightfully so, and he's going to get an extension. I can't imagine there's any dissenting opinions on that in this podcast. I think we're pretty we're pretty extend Harbaugh guys here, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I just out of the ordinary for this organization. I've been saying since the season ended, run it back. Let's just try to keep some stability and just get guys healthy and get back out there and try it again. And um, it was. It's, it was naive, and I, I knew better than to think there wouldn't be some changes. It's just I'm shocked at the change that's already occurred here. So, yeah, and we'll see if it we'll see if it ends with coaches. Maybe, I mean, maybe they and and th- this is now, like I said, could start off a very interesting offseason. They could look at, they could look at the the roster and make drastic changes based on some sort of thought that they can't run it back. Maybe the as you said, I think not just you I think our overall thought of this was make a couple of moves, keep this mostly stable, get some guys back from injury. And you've got a team that can compete to win an AFC to get to the Super Bowl. I'm interested to know if that's also the opinion of the organization based on the fact that you make this drastic of a change this early on, you know, will they, will they, you know, the, the Ravens made a drastic flip and organizational shift when they went from Flacco to Lamar Jackson, they went all in on a certain thing. Do they flip a different way defensively? Do they change things off? I, I'm now, I'm, it, it's, it perks your ears up a little bit for this to have happened um, to what the rest of their offseason is going to look at, look like. And that will, I think, be a big storyline heading into the draft. Um, but yeah. Any other thoughts on Wink? I think we got to not to not to make it. We got to thank thank you for your service, Wink. Great yeah. job, Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of statistics to back up the fact that he was a great defensive coordinator here. I you got stats here in front of me from 2018 to 2020. If you just take the stat, you know, three seasons as a whole and add them together, his defenses were number one in yards per game, number one in points per game, number one in opponent completion percentage, number one in yards per pass attempt. Number one in defensive touchdown scored. Uh, number one in second half points allowed. Number two in opponent quarterback rating. Number two in fourth down stops. Number two in third down percentage. Number two in least big plays allowed. Number three in quarterback hits. Um, and there were 42 different starters over those three seasons that contributed to that. You know, obviously you look at a lot of those things and you can – things just jump off the page as to how different they were in 2021. But – I think there's every reason to, you know, look at the context of that and the injuries and say, hey, like, this is just an unreasonable working conditions for anybody. Like, what's he supposed to do? So um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed about it. But it, it um, seems like a, a rare move by the Ravens where a majority of the fan base is like like you, like scratch. Because, again, you're very you're you're very pro Ravens, but you're also like you you don't drink the purple Kool-Aid all the time. You don't like support that. You don't, you don't blow every minute. It's a head scratcher. Just be, it's just straight up a head scratch. hundred percent. And again, it's like to see banks baffled like this, just being like, I don't know why they did this. It, it makes it seem like that's, that shows that it's like, yeah, this is, 
a lot of people are confused by this move. It's 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 bizarre. I think bizarre is the perfect word word for it. And I'll tell you what, the thing that would make Ravens fans even more confused if they signed Antonio Brown. You guys got anything to say about that? We're not signing Antonio Brown. Are you? Um, no, I think they should go all in. Yeah. What the hell? The, the What's he going to do? Like to, to destroy the team from the inside out? Oh no, that'd be a real shame. <laughs> the summation of the story that I loved, I just searched Baltimore Ravens just to see what the top headlines are as we talk, see if it's winker. <laughs> Yahoo's yahoo.com. Antonio Brown sets his sights on his next victim. The Baltimore Ravens pretty much sums it up. <laughs> well, it's like, this is like a, this is like every three month thing now. He's like, oh, the, yeah, you the, know, uh, gonna... the jersey swap in the Ravens jersey today. I mean, have a little respect for Jermaine Lewis. <laughs> One time, Antonio. Have a little respect for Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver, where's the respect for that man? Come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, come on. Well, and it's funny. I mean, because again, we tweeted stuff about it from the account, and there are people who were like, on a team friendly deal, I think I do it. And it's like, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> come mean, on, man. I'm, like, I'm irritated by the players all egging this thing on because they they have to know it's not happening i'm like i know as much the front office is not going to do it they're simply not going to do it at a certain point like i mean i think that they have i think the organization has reached out to some of these players to try to wrangle them in and say hey it's just not going to happen and they're just doing it anyway and i I think it's causing some tension i think like they they're doing it because number one like lamar knows him He's friendly with them. Like, yeah, he's going to do it. He's going to get well, people held up. Like, his family member on the team. One of his yeah. family members is on the team. What? I don't know. People, so people I'm sure are... there's dissenting opinions on how Antonio Brown is viewed from a player perspective and an organizational perspective. It would shock me if this guy got signed by anybody. That That's the other thing. Like, I know that this has now become a Raven story. I mean, he was good for the Bucks for sure. But this is a guy, no organ. I mean, it's going to be tough for an organization to touch him. He's also a 33. It's not as if you're getting a guy that's like 25 and you're like, well, I mean, you know, we can kind of wait around and, but you know, it's going to drop off soon at some point. Anyway, it's 33. How many 34, 35 year old receivers are making that much of a difference? You've got one on your team right now. Uh, RDT, how'd that work out for you this year? Yeah. Uh, like, last week was the first week that he didn't miss a week, a day of practice. Yeah, And he's so. 32. He's younger. Yeah. So, I, you know, and he hasn't and I, missed two and a half seasons or whatever that Antonio Brown's missed. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it we probably gave this too much oxygen, but again, I'm so sure we'll revisit it has to be this. Brought up. It has to be brought up because it was the biggest Raven story of the day today. You know, it was all over Twitter, but, but again, it's, it's going to happen at like the end of March or like early April. Like he's going to go on another podcast and be like, Oh, Lamar, come get me, sign me. And, and then, and you know, the clips will go viral again and people will want that again. So just copy and paste this part of the, the, the podcast into that episode. Yeah, we, uh, this may be the last time we talk about this. Uh, <laughs> no real Orioles news at all this week. But no, unless no. you got something. I'm trying I, to I, think. I we, no new wall pictures. I asked them for wall pictures last week. Got nothing. Um, <laughs> there's some mini camps going on, stuff like that, where a lot of their big guys are down there. Adley, Colton Kowser, Heston. But again, just like little, little camps. Um I don't think we'll get video or pictures or anything, so it, it doesn't, you know, it's not. And that's not why much. I thought I'd use our, our our normally allocated baseball time to give you guys the floor to have any opinions you want to give to the listening audience about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, it's just it's just the same tired argument that everyone's had. Like, 
It's, it's, can it's I a, can I say, say something that's funny? Take it and go. Uh, the applause on the MLB Network set for David Ortiz's Hall of Fame induction on the first ballot, which is well deserved, uh, as they you know praise him for like purifying you know a horrible process that involves a bunch of steroid users, and he has a steroid entire steroid section in his Wikipedia page. I mean that's I mean that's that's essentially all. I mean that's baseball. Yeah, and that's—I I mean, don't even dislike—I don't even really dislike Big Poppy as a guy. Seems like a nice guy, but like uh, amazing. I mean, baseball is the ultimate, the ultimate, just double standard situation. Like, I mean, people love Big of, Poppy, so he's in, and people hate Barry Bonds, he's out. The whole like Hall of Fame thing today was just like a huge Tom Verducci like dick sucking contest. Bizarre. Like his, his essay today was like. I was expecting it to come back and him like wiping tears away and like seeing cameraman giving him like a standing ovation being like, yes, that was the most powerful thing I've ever read. Bob Costas bows to him in the studio. Yeah. Like it was, like you said, it was just so weird. Um, Yeah. And like not taking anything away from Ortiz, but like, like I tweeted earlier, like the media loves him because he's Ortiz and he has the jewelry and he smiles and he's funny and he's poppy. And, and he, again, he's, he's the best DH ever. But then again, it's like you on the flip side and he has, oh, by the way, he also has a, a positive test from the 2003 Mitchell report. And then you turn around and, and Barry Bonds who's the best baseball player ever is, is on the outside looking in and sending an Instagram, wishing David Ortiz like, like, Oh, good luck. Like, congrats. This was awesome. And, and just like, I don't really care anymore because he didn't get in. Now he's off the ballot. It's just, I mean, the whole baseball voting thing is such a ridiculous thing. It's just like, it's, 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 these guys just love themselves more than they love anything. The it's amazing. Kornheiser went on a great random part on part of the interruption day where he was like, okay, so the baseball hall of fame now doesn't include the guy with the most hits of all time. The guy with the most home runs of all time, the guy with the tie for the most, or has the most Cy Young's of all time. most 350 wins. Like who cares about the baseball hall of fame anymore at this point? I mean, it's great. I mean, it's great when you're, you have a guy who makes it like when, Cal makes it or, or, you know, you have a guy seen like a couple years ago is cool. Yeah. That makes it like, that's cool. I have a hard time now getting up for the baseball hall of fame at this point. Like you're just not like you can't now have a, like a, and, and look, Schilling is a lunatic, but like, you can't have a moral clause for Schilling and no one's going to vote for him now. Cause he told people not to vote for him and you're going to keep Ty Cobb in or all these guys from the tens and tw- all these racists mm-hmm. from the, from the, t- I mean, you can't just start your moral. You, and I don't even think they should, they just shouldn't take Ty Cobb out. Like they shouldn't take him out, but like, what is going on? Like wh- what is going on? Like make a separate win. Like, I, I, I agree with like the make Costas saying it today. Like put, put the, put the issues with them on there. Like put it contextually, make people like go in and make their own decisions about that. Instead of like however many baseball writers making the decision. It's just very, it's just so weird to me. I, I the baseball hall of fame riles me up. For 24 hours every single year and i'm currently in that 24 hours of being riled up by it well so the wizards weren't gonna rile me up but the baseball hall of fame riled me up tonight again it's it's a museum like there's bad things in museums there's many bad things this is a museum about baseball like you're trying to tell the story of the game you have to put like you can't tell the story of baseball without barry bonds or sammy sosa or mark mcguire or Manny Ramirez, or David Ortiz, or Alex Rodriguez. Like, yes, some of these guys did bad things. Okay, if you steroids, they're awful. They're terrible. They almost ruined the game, but then they brought the game back, and it was awesome. But it, it's like put you—you you have to put them in. I think, like you said, most most home runs of all time, most win, most 
most Cy Youngs, most hits, like stuff like that. It has to be included. Put them in a separate wing, put an asterisk, do whatever you want. Like, like you said, if you're it's, telling the story of baseball, you can't talk about it without those guys. It's remarkable to me, remarkable to me how there's no accountability to, to those who enabled this whole thing. Like Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame. He's in. He oversaw He's in the, the entire era. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about the, the guy who allowed there to be a tie in the MLB All-Star game is in the all is in in the Hall of Fame over the guy with the most home runs. Like it's ridiculous. It's a great point by Cornerizer, by the way. Like the steroids makes makes all these people question the credibility of these players and their accomplishments. But when you rattled off the way that you did with the most home runs, the most hits, you know, the most Cy Youngs, all those types of things, at a certain point you you have to question the credibility of the Hall of Fame. Like it's the Hall of Fame is is weak. Like it's. It's yeah, I'm I'm with you guys and, and I, I'm with Eric's initial sentiment where it's just like it's the same tired thing. We do this every year. Go for 10 years with Bonds Canada's. I was gonna say it it just ramped up this year and especially the last couple of days, again, because it was like it was Bonds, it's Clemens, it's Schilling, it's Sosa, and those guys are off the ballot now. Um and like obviously it's gonna stick around for another couple of years because you still got A Rod, you still got Manny Ramirez, you still got a couple of those guys, but I think after that, it, it really is going to die down. And those guys will get in in the Veterans Committee one day, you know. And, and yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm all certain. All of us will be 60. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, like, I'm certain they're going to be putting – they'll put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame the day after he dies. He'll, he'll be he'll – be, Yeah, the whole the, – yeah, yeah. And the whole thing, like, Cass was like, yeah, I wouldn't have put Bonds in on the first one. On the now, first one that, as a precedent. That really, that's a real statement. Like, uh, I Yeah, mean, that'll on, show man. him as he's like, counting his great. fucking billion dollars. Yeah, it's, like, I, I – Another I, thing the only, the other, is, is, yeah, go ahead. The guys, like these writers, how many of them made careers writing the, in their newspapers about Bonds and McGuire and Sosa? It's like, you're where you are because you were writing for the St. Louis Dispatch or whatever when Mark McGuire was going, was hitting 70 home runs. And you were, you know, your newspaper was selling off the, you know, off the racks. And it's like, and then now you want to shit and, and, and punish these guys after you've made, you know, you've made your career too. Like, I think that part of it is the, the hypocrisy there too. It's just these baseball writers just absolutely love themselves. Are they going to put Altuve in when he inevitably comes up and has a great candidacy? It's going to be a really, really, really interesting. Yep. Correa's got a lot to do to get there probably. Put my guys in. My guys belong in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, Altuve right now is a seven-time All-Star, three-time batting champion, MVP. He's, you know, going to have – you know, he's 31 right now. He probably gets, like, 2,500 hits at least. But, you know, has an outside chance if he plays for – I don't think it's insane that he could play for – seven or eight more years so he's, he's that good of a hitter like maybe he you know gets up towards 3000 like are they gonna put him in we're gonna have these same if, if talks they put and- him in if they put him in and they don't put bonds in and they don't put rose in i mean that's just insane and he, maybe they won't maybe it'll be the same thing i i would probably say he should get this sport is just a, i mean it's just so ridiculous baseball is just, baseball is just so ridiculous um by the way, I think it's the eight-year anniversary of of Manfred taking over today. Oh my God! So it's he like might factor it's like the draft ha- have coming up. Ha- happy anniversary, Rob. Barry Bonds doesn't get in. You guys are stuck in a lockout. Like, enjoy it, you fucking putts. He's a- yeah. It's it's so it's so weird. And look, I'm not you know you're not we're not here like endorsing cheating, but like I think you make this salient point, Brian. Like, 
everyone was accountable here. Like the league is accountable for what was going on with the players. And if you're going to put people that all benefit from the era, like do, do all dusty Baker's wins with the giants go away because Barry Bonds was on, I, I, he, they wouldn't have been good without Barry Bonds. So does like, is that just all gone? I don't, and I don't think you should punish Dusty Baker. Like, where does this end? It, it, I'll tell you where it ends. It ends with like six scapegoats. And those scapegoats are Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, Sosa, McGuire, and who Probably said throw Manny Ramirez Clemens, in there too. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So those, it's, there's, there's like, you know, Derek five Cheater. ten guys. It's just I I and Played the fact that and like I said, this is not me like going after Big Poppy. Big Poppy seems like a really good dude, and he was a great baseball player. People but forgot a, he got shot. There's a full section in his Wikipedia page, his Wikipedia page, and he was in the Mitchell <laughs> Report, and it's like as he goes, and it's like, and it's like, here's the hall, and there, and they go back to this. I could not believe they went back to the studio. Bertucci is just applauding. Like, are you kidding me? Again, he's like me? wiping tears from his face, I openly mean, weeping. I mean, come on, like Big Poppy, the the you know the stuff with the Boston. I mean, he's an icon in you know one of the you know legendary baseball cities. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not taking away from his impact from the game. He's from a baseball crazed country. There's all these factors, but them applauding after. I'm just like, let me just peak david ortiz's wikipedia see if there's a steroid section and there's just a full section about whether he did or did not do steroids and i hope he didn't but like that's just so ridiculous what did you think about the guy giving he like came on the to announce it he came on and said it in english and then just transitioned and said the whole thing in spanish again it was like yeah pretty dude. good job by that guy to be honest oh it was smooth just but it was also that in spanish he was like, yeah, we get it, man. Like you took Spanish four in high school. That's sick. Like, by the way, just- I, one of my favorite things just in general, and look, as someone that promotes Maryland as the greatest place of all time, and you should come all the time to the games and whatever, like him being like, it's just going to be just such a wonderful weekend in Cooperstown. You just have to be there. I'm just like, I mean, do I, do I have to be there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, to go watch one guy get a, at least in the NF, the NF, like I would go to an NFL Hall of Fame se- or a Pro Football Hall of Fame ceremony, even if I didn't have a Raven in it, because all of those ceremonies are entertaining. There's mm-hmm. like seven people a year that are getting inducted, they're giving the speeches. It seems like a very fun event, theoretically, to go to out of all these. Like going to Cooperstown to watch one guy give a speech and that, to, you know, watch one man guy and then watch whoever's from the veterans committee and whoever wins like the Ford Frick award, like who cares? Like that's such a bad job by baseball. Like baseball does so many things wrong consistently. And it just, it doesn't come up enough on this show because our team stinks right now, but man, like public, like the NFL hall of fame is, is an event now. Like people look forward to those speeches. I feel like every year, if you're a big, big football fan, because you know, you grew up watching all these guys, no matter if they played for your favorite team. And the baseball just does it the complete opposite. Like it was like, let's let's go to Cooperstown to see if someone gets inducted. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Should we like, just open our own Hall of Fame? Yes. There's 300. I I guess there's 340 people in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's a bit much. First person I'm putting in. Brady Harry. Anderson. Oh, Brady, Brady Anderson. I mean, that would send the message what you're about. (laughs) Amazing non-mention, by the way, when they were like, man, 20-point drop for Omar Vizquel? 
like the what a what a historic <laughs> drop. It's like you don't want to mention why that happened. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you want to talk just about totally, it? They just totally brushed over. Oh, why Omar Vizcal is is, is no longer getting big time votes for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's like they, yeah, I they, couldn't. They're like that. we are not the touching host, that. The one. host name is escaped me for sure. Was it? I can't um, remember. No, it's um not Matt. It's um um. Oh, it was not Vescursion. Why is um, his name is it? Dan? Dan? Is it Dan? I love him too. He's great. He's good. No, he's very he's much awesome. good. But I just, I, I loved um, how he just looked at Omar Vizcal's percentage. He was like, "Man, tough drop for Omar Vizcal." <laughs> I was like, "Well, it is." It's oh, fuck. Where is he? Come on, MLB Network. It's like maybe the domestic abuse allegations, maybe the sex, sexual harassment, the sexual yeah. So while he was uh, even the head just, coach. you don't even have to like really get into it. Just be like, hey, yeah, you know, Omar Vizcal, you know, pretty understandable drop thereafter. Greg Greg Amsinger. Amsinger, he's good over the last eighteen months. But he was just like, man, tough for Omar. <laughs> brutal week, brutal, brutal week for Omar. Brutal huh? week for the Vizcal family. Guy's a That's huge gonna, Packer fan too. Must suck be, for him. Gonna be tough for him to get back up in the ranks as we go through the rest of his candidacy. Oh man. Uh, oh, uh, a Rod at thirty four percent. We'll see if he can get to seventy five or seventy, whatever the hell it is. That's that's the I, I really just brought the baseball Hall of Fame up because that that grinds my gears every single year. Can't wait till next year when they you know. Um, you, you, oh, here you'll like this. You know who's the big Jeff one? Jeff Kent year? not gaining much traction. You know who's <laughs> like, the big one next shit. year? The first the first um first time on the ballot, Carlos Beltran. Oh, great! That, that's gonna be great. I I've because mean, I've already seen someone be like, he's a first ballot in my book, and it's like, oh well, guess what, buddy? You were gonna be that, in I for mean, it. That's actually I should have said Beltran before I said Altuve. That's the better. That's the way more. Um, but it's also like, is it was Carlos? I, this, this is a conversation for another day. But like, is Carlos Beltran really a first ballot Hall of Famer? He's really good, but like, is he first ballot? Uh, we can run it through real quick. Three Gold Gloves, nine All Star games, uh, Rookie of the Year, twenty seven over twenty seven hundred hits, over four hundred and thirty home runs. It's mm, a lot of World uh, one one World Pretty Series. Good. Uh, World Series that may have an asterisk by it, but um, not according to Banks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. I don't know if he's a first ballot. I don't yeah, know if that's ballot. It's, so kind of bounced around. Doesn't like, I feel like Big Poppy's big thing is like he just means so much to such a major <laughs> city. I think that's part of the reason that he engenders so much goodwill from a lot of people. All right, let's do the Fed Thrill starting five draft. Maybe some of these people we've talked about will be on this. I'm, I may take, I may take, uh, Something involved with the Baseball Hall of Fame in this draft. We are doing our most annoying people in sports. Really, really, this has just been on our list of ones to do. Normally, I feel like ours are kind of topical. Maybe it is now that we've just ranted about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, but thanks to our friends at Fed Thrill for supporting the starting five draft. As usual, you can use the promo code EXIT52 to get 20% off your sunnies. Um, let me tell you what, it just continues to be cold. And uh, I, we need sunglasses. We need, you know, main, main sunglasses season. But, Banks, you were in Florida. Perfect time to have your Fed Thrills headed down to Florida, you know. Perfect time, indeed. Um, it was a little bit foggy at times there. When, but with the, when the sun, it's crazy how the fog can completely change in a heartbeat. And when the, when the sun starts peeking through the clouds, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's worse when the sun is, like, peeking through clouds as opposed to, like, wide open skies. Like, great to have the, the Fed Thrill sunnies out there. Um, just kind of keep the sun out of your eyes. Keep your eyes protected. Got to do it. Absolutely have to do it. So use the promo code X52, get 20% off. 
get some sunglasses. Most annoying people in sports is the category. As I said, we will see where this goes. We will see if Banks somehow gets people outside of sports into this discussion as he did last week. Um, but I have the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick. Or excuse I thought me, I'd... Banks, you have the second pick. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm reading. I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to do a couple things at once here. Yeah, um, focus on throwing less shade at me and and more on the order. Uh, come on, come on, come on. I mean, you guys want to you guys want to record the drafts here? I've got you know this is a this is a living document. This is like ooh, I don't know some for some people this is the did, did you pop it into did you pop it into the Google sheet yet? Like I asked you to. No, 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 but the sticky note, but the sticky note, the sticky note does not lie. The sticky note is very reliable. Um, all right. I have the first pick of this draft. No more shade against banks. No, he shoffed his tissue paper. So I won't put any shade against him anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Slow too. Um, all right. With the first pick and the most annoying person in sports draft, <laughs> WrestleMania 2022. I am taking um, a guy that I think is a is a is a clear one one candidate. I don't know if there's a runaway one one here, depending on who you're taking. Uh, I'm taking Skip Bayless. I'm taking Skip. 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 Skip has been annoying for a long time. On first take, on cold pizza, way back in the day, on first take, and I think. And I maybe this gives away a pick if there's people on this podcast that are annoyed by this guy. I hope they're not. The way Stephen A. Smith has flipped the script and is in, just incredibly entertaining now since he got away from Skip Bayless, I think tells you all I need to know about Skip Bayless and how annoying he is. He made Sass more annoying, and now Sass is as entertaining as they get on ESPN. It might. You know what? What's remarkable to me is that Skip Bayless has had this. It's been an evolution, but I think people have completely forgotten. The evolution, he, when he first started with like cold pizza, he was more of the straight narrow guy. And Woody Page was, was the, the character, was guy. the oddball. Yep. Yep. And so I, he's just kind of perfected his craft in such a way over the years where now he's just, I mean, some of the videos that he's posted on Twitter are unbelievable. Him just not saying a word and crying that, about the Cowboys. It's the, the no word, like just his facial expressions was so bizarre. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, exactly <laughs> we're still talking about it ah it makes my skin crawl do you have a personal disdain for him for any any reason taylor i think i'm pretty like understanding with the 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 take merchant thing on tv like it it doesn't like bother me as a business plan for networks i find him just overly overbearing in that market which is hard to do because pretty much everyone is overbearing but there's no specific thing he's ever done i've just never found him interesting or entertaining like there are people that do similar things to what he does that at times i'm like well that's that's good tv that's that's interesting that's entertaining like i don't particularly like i'm not a huge fan of nick Wright, but like he does some of the same stuff and i'm like oh okay that i see what he's doing or like Stephen a smith at times so i've now totally flipped on and i enjoy him I just think I just think he's I just think the Cowboys thing the the LeBron look I'm not a huge LeBron guy but like the LeBron just constant like weird obsession like I think there was a way to be on the opposite side of the LeBron narrative in a way where people could have actually gotten behind you because I think people get annoyed by LeBron except for RDT 
Um, and Nick Wright. And he just – and Nick Wright. And he just hasn't done that. I, I Yeah, I just – the whole, the whole persona. I just think it's a bad persona. He, he, annoyed. like every time I see his tweets, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. So, thanks. I almost want to suggest that we not include this person just because it's so obvious in front of us and we just kind of all agree on it. And I don't want to make this podcast about him because we feel like it, we at times, increasingly more recently, we have, but Jason Lockett Damn it. Again, you stole him again. Like, I mean, I don't know how much I really need to say more about it. So he stands alone in Baltimore media. National media. Loves Maryland soccer. Okay. Still waiting on the the John Harbaugh mutually, the agreement that they're going to part ways. Weird. Still waiting. Stole your pick. Well, yeah, we talked yeah. about him last week, so I think you've I think that your opinion. Yeah, is that you don't. Need yeah, and he's stolen go from back, me. In that go back one, to so. last week's episode and listen to that. Two straight drafts. I, I'd have to go back and look in the archives. I'm not sure anyone's ever been selected in back to back starting five drafts. This could be a historic moment. <laughs> I would I would love to compare it if, if the info was in the spreadsheet. Oh come on! <laughs> I'd like right. to take it in this draft. <laughs> I thought that I thought that was gonna. Be I was me. thinking about it. I was thinking about it. When uh, you but you can't. Under- you, your preamble after the ad read. Mm. Mm. All right. I'll pull this podcast together. Uh, my first pick, I'm taking Ray Lewis. <laughs> that guy is so annoying. I so annoying. That. He's and, not even all that like present anymore. He's well, he's, he's on, no, he it. does like, he's on like CBS sports or something. Ah. He, he's on some show with some he's like on no around name the NFL with Julian Edelman. Yeah, yeah, he's on that, which I've seen, and he's he's decent on that. But like, I still think I think he's so corny. I don't think he knows a thing he's talking about. Like every time, and he's the Michael Scott where I start a sentence and I don't know where it's gonna end. He just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And like I was watching some of the Titans Bengals like previews, and he's on there, and it was like a three and a half minute conversation about nothing. And it was like this guy is. I know a lot of Ravens fans who who feel the same way about Red Light Ray. They they're not they're not big on him. So. <laughs> red light, red. I probably could have taken I could have taken him fifth too because I knew I. Yeah, knew you that. really. I mean, you once again jumped the gun on a pick. You could have gotten way. I wanted to. Time. I wanted to make a statement though. I think Ray sure. Lewis. Is very, you're like the baseball writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have taken him with the first. Maybe in the fifth, just to let him know that I'm thinking about him. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you I'll, I'll go. One. I'll go Ray Lewis for my first one, and this one I thought you could have gone. I thought you were going here, Banks. And I actually didn't even think about him until the podcast started and Taylor brought him up. Darren Ravel fucking stinks. <laughs> he, Darren Ravel is. He was going to be my, my pick. And I, that's who I, I, went th- off I, I was, I thought it was sure. going to be too similar to skip where I was like, yeah, we don't want to make this. I, get I was a sports media show. I was hoping I could get yeah. it later. He like the, the, <laughs> the, the Martin Luther King thing that he had last week was unbelievable. It's so like, entertaining though that I like <laughs> that's the part of me that didn't want to take him is because like I don't really get annoyed by him. I, I enjoy how just absurd he is. He annoys me with like some of the tweets because he's still I have him muted, so I don't see a lot. I only see him like pop oh, I've been up blocked like, for six years. <laughs> oh, you're oh you have the full on block. Oh, I've been blocked for like six years now. Well, good thing you can get around it on the the uh, account page, but 
It's just, I think he's so, because again, he does the like, oh, Euphoria had a Gatorade bottle in it. And that Gatorade, you know, Gatorade stock would go up or like that three seconds of airtime is worth this much in advertising. Like that stuff annoys me so much. Um, Probably just again, the right dosage. If anything's worth hearing from Darren Ravel, it'll find its way to me. And any, well, yeah, any that's, of the extra nonsense, I just am not subject to. Yeah, and that's I mean the 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 Martin Luther King stuff was just laugh out loud funny. The like, oh, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry that a white man has interest in Black History Month. Like that quote was an unbelievable quote by him, and it was it, it that was funny. I think him as a person is very annoying because I don't think it's a bit. I think he's all, say I think he's 100 percent serious about like everything that he tweets about and and all that stuff. And I mean the the JFK video he tweeted out at 7:30 in the morning that one time is not like. We don't need to see JFK's brains in 4K. I mean, and we talked about him too. The bracket take is just awful. Yeah, the bracket. Yeah, that that's what reminded me. The bracket take. He's just he's a very annoying. And like the whole like I'm part of my take. They talk about it. Like when he was in college and he said he would order pizzas with anchovies on it so no one else would eat it. Like you're you're just annoying. <laughs> you're just a very annoying person, Darren Ravel. Thanks. Uh. There's there's a couple ways I want to go with this, but again, I don't want to make this just a most annoying person in the media. So I'm going to go a little bit down my board a couple spots. I'm going to take LeBron. Mm. He's so phony. He's just so full of it. He's so he tries to act like he's not self-serving, but he's the most self-serving guy there is. Um, tries to be buddy buddy with everybody, but then like I don't know, things go sideways. I've tuned him out so well the last handful of years too, where. It's, it's just like not as, I don't know. I don't have as many examples that come to mind immediately, like from recent times, but I'll, it's just, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one. I'll it's give you like, one. I'm very interested to ESPN just like try so hard to shove him down your throat. And it's just so obnoxious. It's not his fault. I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one. I'll give you one Banks. The Space RDT, Jam movie. RDT, what, what do you, would you like to say about, LeBron putting your guy Glenn Consor on blast with absolutely no context, which almost like ruined his career. That was a rough one. I know, I know. <laughs> I've met Glenn before. Glenn is yeah, fr- you have. You, you want to know this? I know. No, Glenn. I know this. This is why I'm bringing this up. You talked you? about your connection with Glenn Consor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, probably not the best thing for LeBron, but you know, he's probably scrolling in between. You know. <laughs> games and he, so and he sees it and and he, he spouted <laughs> off and you know you should probably if i'll say this if that's the worst thing that's the, that lebron has done in his career i think it's all right what a defense I think it's okay that was so tough i felt bad for glenn concert he so did like, i that was awful. who in their right we never talked about this who in their right mind would have ever said the line they thought he said about that kid like there's just no way anyone would have said like yes should glenn concert have known that wasn't you know, Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't his son. Yes, yes. He should have known that. Like, that's bad research, whatever. But, like, you thought you were going to make a shooting reference about the kid's dad? Like, for what? For, like, saying cheap, it on for, like, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. For, like, cheap thrills. Like, what, what a bizarre story. Yeah. On a Wizards broadcast. Like, Candace you think he's Buckner going wrote for a last. really, Candace Buckner wrote a really, really good column about that in the Washington mm, Post. I read, about yeah, how, I read like, that. People just, like, just react and then. There's just no t- everyone has to get takes off. This is this is an issue with the internet overall. But mm-hmm. good pick. Uh, I'm going right along with that. I'm taking Kyrie. Freaking Kyrie. I just can't. I just, just can't with Kyrie. I just can't. I just can't. I mean that, that it's true. I, I 
he's just all over the place. And I, I like want to give him the benefit of the doubt on some of the things that he does. And, and, and yes, obviously has done some great charity work, donated money, blah, 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 blah. He's just an annoying guy. Maybe he's a great guy and maybe he's helped a lot of people. I'm not taking that away from him. And I applaud that. He just annoys me. He just annoys me. And that's this draft. Can't with Kyrie. I'm taking Kyrie. Yeah, it's a good pick. I had him. I had him on mine. He was he was <clears throat> he was very high up there on mine as a big LeBron guy. He's he's on my list. Um, and with my pick after that, I'm taking a guy that I will give no credit to about anything, even though he's one of the best in his sport of all time, if not the best. I'm taking the recently deported Novak Djokovic. <laughs> well, I mean, this guy, this guy oh, is just unbelievably to me and has always been from the beginning of his career when he was, you know, defaulting, you know, from like exhaustion because he didn't work hard enough. And then he, you know, put all the work in and became one of the best players of all time. And then he's starting an alternate tennis tour so he can play during COVID and not (laughs) the, he's just uh, the, the obsession with his paleo diet. I've just had enough. I've just Novak Djokovic, you're on the list, you know, Sorry, you don't want to get vaccinated. You're you've just always annoyed me. This is a years in the making pick for me. Over a decade long of me being annoyed by Novak Djokovic. Facial expressions on the court, him screaming at his box. I'm an adult guy. I'm a Fed guy. I'm a Murray guy of the Big Four. Novak, see ya. Banks. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take the Watts. Just the whole group. Mm. I'm taking the Watts. I think that they're very obnoxious. Yeah, JJ got dragged maybe four or five years ago because the, the PMT crew just kind of hammered him for the whole Ford Knox video and just how cheesy he is on Twitter. Um, and they had their whole thing with the charity and they made a great story out of it. And yeah, the, JJ Watt does some great things. And I'm not saying he's a bad person, but it's like there's a there's a level of lack of self awareness that that he has, and it's translated over where. You, the subway commercials and, and TJ playing for the for the Steelers and them just like hamming it up with the whole brother brother thing and they're just so corny about it. It's just ugh, gross. I think this is a fair pick. Cool. Thirty-two. <laughs> is it me now? I just thought there's not much from, there's not much to say about the Watts. I feel like. No, I mean you you covered it. I think they're they're like, at least JJ is. TJ doesn't seem that. TJ what? Right, that's his name. Yeah, this is. They're also they're that's also fine. they're that's a classic case of someone that's also becomes annoying because they're overexposed. Like they're just on so many commercials, and mm-hmm. you see them on every pregame show, and they're talked about all the time. And also all over social media, you just get overexposed. Yeah, like, watching with, TJ celebrate the sack record when I was at the stadium, the other, like when we were in the red zone and we're, we're close to scoring and like, it was a big play and like, yeah, it was a sack and all sacks tend to be big plays, but like just whooping it up and like, Hey, like the ball's being placed and there's another play about to happen. Like, Hey, look alive here. It was just, it, it made my blood boil. If TJ wasn't a stealer, like if he was on the Seahawks, would they, would he still be, would he fall in that category or does the Steeler think? It wouldn't just, be the way that I feel about it, but yeah, lens I, I, I would you. probably still find him annoying. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, 
I'm gonna go Jackson Mahomes. I had to take that. That's the that's the the hot topic. That is the um, hot topic. He again, he's just he's annoying. If you're on TikTok, you scroll by his 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 talks and like I show my wife and I'm just like, you see this this kid? Like I can't. And like say like the the him dancing and him doing it on the roped off Sean Taylor memorial where he says they were told to stand. I get it. It's it, if he was told to stand there, it's whatever. Um, he's just a very annoying person. Him screaming in every video that's out there. Um, if I, if I was Patrick, man, I the talks that he must have with his with his fiance and and Jackson are just like, what are you doing, dude? Also, fun fact, you guys probably know, you know, his dad was the pitcher um, in the. Um, uh, Bobby Valentine fake mustache game. <laughs> the Mets, yeah, little little fun fact there. Um, How about that? Makes Jackson, makes Jackson even more annoying. Very, very. Um, again, his brother's arguably the best football player on the planet, and he just sucks. He's just very annoying. So I'll go Jackson Mahomes there, and then I am gonna go. Give me. I'll go Gus Johnson. I, I've I've Ooh. talked about my hate for him before. I knew you were gonna do this. Yeah, and I just I have to go to it. I think he's just he's awful. He's so annoying. I think he's he's on a bunch of commercials now too that I've heard. He he ruins everything that he's involved in. Every, every single hate, thing. You just hate fun. I don't need to be screamed at while I'm watching a game. I I don't. I get screamed at enough. Just I don't feel, need it during feel the game. some energy one time. Like I like, do feel a lot. I do. You don't. You can't get up for big noon Saturday. I can't. Gut, I don't need gut. a guy yelling in my ear when it's a 13 yard completion in the second quarter. He does it. He does it for touchdowns and no, electric he, plays. No, he gets up and the, and the he, Gus thing that annoys me is I always think he sounds somewhat unprepared at times, especially like when Ohio State plays Maryland and he just clearly knows nothing about Maryland. But you know, whatever. He's there for the big moment. He's a little. He's a little. He needs to get back on more college basketball. I, I don't. He's he a does. little miscast as like just a college football, and then doing like the you know the fourth game with Akib Talib like for mm-hmm. like seven Sundays. I, I don't know if we're getting like enough out of what we used to like about Gus Johnson at Fox. I don't know. I do like Joel Klatt. I think it's not a bad broadcast, but I just think Gus could be more prepared. He, I just it, it, the constant like, oh my god, blah, blah. like not every touchdown needs that. Not every single one. So I'm um, I'm over him. I've been over him. Um, he's he's just I think he's awful. Very annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Me? Yes. Dan Dockage. Oh, Dan Dockage. Dan Dockage <laughs> drives me up a wall. Cannot watch a game with him on. I will he's mute not- it in a heartbeat. He's kind of out now, though. He's kind of yeah. He's, he's kind of like with... semi canceled. Like what? Do you... Well, he's well, he's without kick, so he got let yeah. go from ESPN, and he's with Clay Travis. So I, I he's not calling games anymore. So he's that annoyance. Yeah. Fortunately for you, is kind of over, but not a bad pick. Once to really defended Jalen Smith, though, so I do have to give him that. Credit. He's Was still it... just out there though in the universe doing Dan Dockage things and like <laughs> trying to be edgy and old school, just. Oh, it's just some moron. <laughs> is that who Andrew Terrell took his daughter to prom or coming or something? That's who that was. Yeah. I remember because he used so. to always talk good about him too, which is fine. Yeah. I, I mean, he used to love there. up Maryland, loved up Turge, loved up the, uh, the fan base. Like I said, it was the best student section in the big 10, best environment in the country, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, so he was very valuable from a Maryland PR aspect because he was very complimentary all the time. He loves to hear himself talk though. Like he would go on and on and on and on. And it's like, Hey man, we're talking about something four plays ago. Call the game. Yeah. Let your, let your, let your guy do his job next year. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I, I don't really know where I want to go here. Um, you're right. I, I, I could just do sports media people, but I'm trying to go outside of sports media. Ah, I consciously swerved it. I'm taking the baseball writers. Fuck them. I, they, I had them here and they, I, they were on top of my board and then doc, it's just popped in my brain. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm taking the baseball writers. They trigger me every single year. I, 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 baseball writers, sorry, I'm slash high and mighty baseball (laughs) media. I just, I just, I, I just had enough of the baseball media. I, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't. I, it's becoming a hard sport to watch baseball because of the media. <laughs> that's such a, that's such a first world problem take. But like, ah, uh, it just makes it unenjoyable. If it, it doesn't feel accessible, it's like you have to be a part of this, like, certain standard of competition integrity to like enjoy like Barry Bonds seven hundred foot home runs on Twitter. Can I, can I tell baseball's you? Baseball's got a weird personality problem right now. Tom Lavero from 980, who lives in oh, Columbia. No. His oh. ballot today, did you see it? I retweeted it. Oh, my God. No, I didn't oh, see it. <laughs> oh, no. Talk about annoying voices. Awesome. Oh, he's he's a worst. Oh, he may have the worst voice in sports. Tom Lavero voted for three people. Oh, no. Jeff Kent, Scott <laughs> Rowland, and Billy Wagner. He did, I will say, he did drop Omar Vizquel. So props to him, who is at a minus 49. I guess I have to give him credit for at least saying if he's not going to vote for Bonds, he's not going to vote for Poppy. I guess I can't really be upset about that. Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, and Billy Wagner. No Jeff offense Kent to has, any of those three. But Jeff Kent has more MVPs than Jeter. He does. People do forget that. So, but what an awful ballot. Tom Lavero. That's your, that's Tom, your sports writers. That's your yeah, last. I think the last Maryland game Tom Lavero was at was the Maryland-Georgetown game when they went uh, during the 15-16 season. I remember us credentialing him because I was doing the seating chart for that. One of the all-time Maryland media section seating charts, by the way. A who's who. It was incredible. Of the uh, of area media. Wilbon in the media section that night. Um. Baseball writers, and then oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just missing people because I I as you said, some of these just like pop in your head. It's like a hard thing to just think about. But man, I'm trying to think of like one that'll really hit. I have a board here, but I feel like none of them are like worthy. Ah, Antonio Brown. Wow. So you what? Yeah, Yeah, that's your guy. That's yeah, your guy. guy. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he, yeah. Wow. This he's is sad. Pissing, he's pissing me off. Uh, you think you're sad? I'm sad. I defended this guy. Don't for, even start with me on this. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying I've defended this guy for years, years yeah. and years and years. As you know, Brian, you've been around for not all of it. I've been defending this guy since like 2011, but you've been around for a lot of it in recent years. And this has just been from all the things he's done and now him on Twitter as a persona, him on all these shows, I have to take him. I, I have to, I have to take him. He's annoying. I will still defend the fact that he's a better receiver all time than Julio Jones. That, that argument that I've been having for years is still, still in my crosshairs, 
But this guy's really freaking annoying right now. So I'm taking him. Hurts. Hurts. I, I had I had him high on mine. He's absolutely ruined me. He's ruined me and all the defense that I've given him. And thankfully, that's never been out on a public forum until right now. So I'm sure I'll hear about it. But mm. normally just within, within my group of friends. But here we are. I was Thanks. between two two for my last pick, and I thought one of them would be somebody that you might take. So I was kind of hoping you would make the decision easy for me. But I think I got to take that purse. I got to take Rex Chapman. Got to do it. Oh, good pick. Got to do it. I mean, Damn it. blocker charge, bro. Have no issue with them. Don't blocker care. charge, bro. Just absolute. Just dogs, dogs bro. Ugh. Come up with something. I don't know. Just. Oh, and then he, when he tries to go on this high and mighty streak, that's the part that's remarkable to me. Because if you research Rex Chapman, not not saying that people don't deserve second chances and forgiveness, and uh, that's all good, good and all that stuff. But like when he tries to cancel people, it's a, I mean that's a joke. Come on. CNN's newest uh, newest hire. Wow. That's right. That's right. For their streaming service. Finish this off, RDT. RG3. He's oh. so annoying now. <laughs> he is so annoying. He's all, <laughs> and again, he's all over TikTok. TikTok to him, like smacking his wife's ass on there. And then Greta. He took, yeah, him and, yeah, Greta. He, he, he took a video. I think it was Saturday or Sunday, and he's just sitting on the couch in full Redskins. Like his full uniform, helmet, oh. jersey, shoulder pads. Like he's just, and like I think, like when he's broadcasting games now, he's like, he's very self aware and he's trying to like come up with the next big catchphrase. He's just trying to be so funny. And it's like, dude, you're the corniest person ever. And like you've always been corny. Like you're not funny. He's not clever. He's not like, I don't know. He's just, he's himself promoting that book. That's coming out in like next May or whatever. Like it's coming out in, in like a year and a half. He's just he's the worst. He's very annoying now. And and like now that now that we have to watch him on TV with these, um, the college football games, it's it's not going to be fun. I'm not looking forward to seeing more RG three on on our screens. He would have been a first round pick for me in 2014. And then he and then he. Then you made that the height the height. Then you made that video. Then you made that the kind of made the Raven. I made yeah, he's a likable Raven. Uh, he always was a fun little and cast these little videos pregame, jumping running, at the camera, running directly at her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he and he he murdered the 2019 Steelers. Oh, didn't know where that was going. It's like so oh, didn't know that. Yeah. So, how you know. He redeemed himself in my eyes, but whatever. That's the draft. I took Skip Bayless, Kyrie Irving, Novak Djokovic, the baseball writers slash high and mighty baseball media, which I should have taken first. And, yeah, Antonio, and Antonio Brown. Oh, what a draft for me. Um, Bank sakes, uh, JLC for the second consecutive draft. LeBron, <laughs> uh, the Watt family. Dan Dockage and Rex Chapman and RDT takes Ray Lewis, Darren Ravel, Jackson Mahomes, Gus Johnson, and RG3. Um, on my honorable mentions, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, mm, I like that, Lev- Vic. LeVar Ball. Hmm. Um, Even recently? 
Yeah, yeah his run he was really, remarkable. Like, his runs was his run was incredible. If this is three years ago, he's maybe the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah, he's not so. annoying really anymore because he's not presence. And his son Lamelo is an amazing player, but you know he's he's still annoying when he pops up. Um, I was gonna take um, uh, sit ups in the str- in the uh, driveway. To I don't really <laughs> care about to. Tio's actually been the Tio Hall of Fame stuff was actually kind of entertaining and not annoying, but him he was at one point he could have been a number one overall pick at some point in sports history. Draymond Green, mm, good pick. both for his antics in the NBA and for his part in one of the horrifying moments of my life, Michigan State Maryland twenty ten, and um, Patrick Reed, who has gone from being a beloved. <laughs> American Ryder Cupper to just being a stain. He's defending his title this week. Yes, he is a, a, def- a stain on the game of golf. <laughs> the 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 pick I was thinking about making was FP Santangelo. Ooh. Oh, not a bad one. Yeah, I, I would have been a good. Were, pick. I thought one of you guys was going to take Pomp. Who? No, 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 no. Guys, no I don't you guys hate him. He's not really sports, though. Yeah, I don't. I thought you guys were going to get him in here. You guys keep freaking talking about him. Yeah, I don't actively hate him per se. It's just like I agreed with Eric. Like he just when it pops up in my feed, it's just like kind of I was like, like oh, get this, this guy, guy off this there. guy again. Yeah, he's a, he's Rex Chapman light. Yeah, he's he's, he's the he's, business he's, section of the Rex Chapman. He's without the feel good videos. Yeah. He doesn't have the feel good videos yet. He doesn't have it yet. Once he figures it out, he'll be there. Got to have your lane. What are your guys' honorable mentions? I had college hoops referees. Mm. TV Teddy That's... getting smoked in the head with the ball the other night. <laughs> I had Coach K as well. I had Coach. I K. also had. I also had thought of Coach K during the. We redraft him so much. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You could you could put a lot of there's probably a lot of like I almost put Urban Meyer in this. There's a lot of like Polter on there. Yeah, pull hard to put Polter on there after uh after our experience using his stuff during the Captain's Cup. But uh yeah, good draft, guys. I I had I'll finish. I had Antonio Brown, I had Grayson Allen again hot in the streets. He's very hot in the streets right now. That whole thing is situation is bizarre. Um Taysom Hill. I, I I am so annoyed by Taysom Hill. It's not his fault though, is it? Kind of. Probably I'm not really his the, fault. It's I'm annoyed not, but... with the the like his existence. The coverage of him is what I'm annoyed yeah, with. Yeah, that's that's the like. And you could make that case for a lot of people. Like some people just get ruined by the coverage of them. Like Tim Tebow really he's not on my list. Anno- <laughs> oh, I don't really think he's annoying as a guy, but I think the coverage of him is annoying. Well, the, yeah, I mean, it's just it's part of the package, though. It's like yeah, the him yeah. running in the in the rain with his shirt off was like, all right, dude, this is annoying. Um, I also said Baker Mayfield. He's gotten very annoying. Like we know you see everything, Baker, and like you comment on every yeah. time a, a Cleveland writer talks about a quarterback. We get it. Hit or miss with him. It's objectively, the progressive commercials are fine. Most of them are not all of them, but most. I just tune them out. Um, I'd Stephen A. Not really a Stephen A. guy. I was. I mean, he was never. He would never have been That's high enough shame. for me to pick him. But he was on. The Let list. me tell you what. Can I tell you something? Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll finish the draft with this. Uh, Coach K. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Um, Doug Gottlieb, who I almost picked. I, I almost picked. I've Gottlieb. always been a Floyd guy. Oh, Gottlieb's kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, Dan Snyder, Tim Tebow. And then I had um, Patrick Beverly, who I 
can't stand. I think he there's is, a probably he's a, a point he is a, a fly. Years ago he's a where he's picked in this draft, but he just hasn't really. There's just nothing's happened with him. Who? Who? Beverly? Beverly lately, like really lately. Yeah, he's just he's the guy who like chirps constantly, and it's like, dude, yeah. your guy had 28 points. I was gonna say there's like a category for this of just like annoying basketball players, like Brad mm-hmm. Davison fits in there from Wisconsin, who currently plays there, like just annoying basketball. Whichever players. eight foot white guys at Purdue this year, and like, yeah, Brad Marchand. Yeah, I thought about him and like um, Matt Cook, and you know, I'm sure I'm I'm a I thought about Ryan Reeves, but it's like I don't know, he's not annoying. He's just a Reeves. he's just a pigeon. Yeah. Any backs? You didn't have a list, so I'm sure you're not. I I kind of put one together here. I kind of reeled off what I had left: the hoops refs, Coach K, and Polter FP. FP FP's brutal, but he's so not coming get- back, so. No, he's not. We'll get to our last. Stephen A is absolutely that guy is a king. He is operating on all cylinders right now. He is <laughs> unbelievable on those Twitter videos. That one he did on Sunday night or whatever was a masterpiece. I didn't a watch it. and he always gets in. I'll tell you about that on first take tomorrow. I mean, the guy is just incredible. He has had an amazing eighteen months, in my opinion. <laughs> he is ESPN. That guy. He is ESPN. I'll say that I'm I have Cowboys hate fatigue. And this is built up over a course of many years. Just like the pile on the Cowboys narrative. Like it's but he uh, somehow continues to make it entertaining. He's great at it though. So. <laughs> like that clip of him looking at the fans with Michael Irvin. I mean, that got parodied on SNL this week. I mean, they did a whole first take SNL thing this week. That is what SAS, that's the level that SAS is operating on right now. The, the, and the Stephen A. Smith, part of the reason he's now fun is because of the Stephen A. Smith burner account. That's one of the all-time great Twitter accounts. I'm glad that account is back because it went, it went away for a little bit. That account is hilarious. Um, Nick Kindermedley, Maryland person of the week. Thanks. I have to go with Wayne Martindale. It's just, I feel... I feel poorly for him. I, the guy did a good job, and then he had got dealt a tough hand, and, and then he got shown the door. I, like we said before, we talked about it for a good 20 minutes or whatever he did earlier. Just makes no sense. Doesn't seem right. Um, doesn't seem right. So thank you for your service, Wink Martindale. RDT. Uh, I am going our good buddy Mo Gabba. It's his 16th birthday today on Wednesday. So I am going out to eat tonight with his mom, Jeremy, um, some of the other people that grew close with them. And we're going to go to Jimmy's and where they're actually doing free. Mo's favorite food was fried shrimp. So they're doing free fried shrimp at the top bar from, I think, five to eight. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday and you want to stop in and honor Mo with some free fried shrimp, come up to the top bar. Um, but yeah, you know, they did a they did a big um, um award ceremony and stuff like that at his school today uh at his middle at his middle school but yeah crazy that he would have been 16 today so figure yeah give a, give a happy birthday shout out to little mo i think that is a full co-sign from the rest of the pod yeah, there on that one. absolutely i am gonna take one word terps Two straight wins, Illinois and Rutgers. Here we go. Do the Terps have another late season surge in them, just like last year? Four not in the Big Ten to the tournament. We shall see. Indiana on Saturday. They improved to improved to what in conference? Three and six. Right. Not the worst. Maybe. 
Not the worst, not the worst, not on the bottom of the league. Opportunity season knocks in the Big Ten. I was just about to say opportunity season's right around the corner here. Knock, knock, knock. Eric Isle and Fats Russell combined for 43 points tonight. The only thing the Terps didn't do right tonight is make a freaking free throw to get to 69 points. Horrible. But other than that, they got it done at the Jersey Mike's Arena in Piscataway, New Jersey. (laughs) What a victory. Um, That's so Rutgers. Just the Jersey Mike. That it's honestly tremendous activation. Like if you're going to be the Rutgers, you might, you should have Jersey Mike's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you can't be rack. You can't play at the rack. You have to play at the Jersey Mike's arena. The guy who's what I guess the founder of Jersey Mike's and the commercials, that guy gives me the heebie jeebies. (laughs) His name's Patrick. Yeah. What's up with that? How's your name? Not Mike. The Jimmy John, as we saw, Jimmy John was on the uh, the Sunday conversation this week that, that they do on Barstool. Yeah. Uh, his name is actually Jimmy John. By the way, that guy seems like a lunatic. That was an <laughs> read, read up on him if you haven't, because yeah, that, that you want to see a guy's Wikipedia page. <laughs> that guy probably that has a Wikipedia page. Was wild. Um, yeah, Jersey Mike Serena. Good win Jersey for the Mike's, Terps. I, do you like? Do you, you like Jersey Mike's? Yeah, should we, I do. I do. Should I do a starting five of, really of sub fast food founders. <laughs> Probably could just do fast food restaurants. Fast food. Papa, Papa John first overall pick. Papa John has had a time. <laughs> By the way, Louisville fired firing Chris Mack today. Louisville. I mean, they are just a disaster. Ah uh, man, his, his moment in the sun there as a in the sports realm. <laughs> yeah. That's like really a mega booster and then just getting canceled. An amazing, yeah. amazing. And then I think about Urban Meyer just eating the pizza on the golf cart. <laughs> well, the best part about Papa John was his comeback video where he's like, the reckoning is coming. And he said he was going to eat 30 pizzas in 30 days. And then we just <laughs> never heard from him again. Like, that was it. Like, he just said that and then he just left. He just went away. It was remarkable. I, I don't know how these guys... Climb the, the drunk, <laughs> the drunk, like blacked out Papa John picture is like an all time. It's an all time picture though. too. It's it's a fantastic picture, hilarious picture. Not a it's hilarious just, person uh, though. When and yeah. actually an awful person. Yeah. It's a vow, any, Papa John. Any honorable mentions? Uh, football, NFL football. I mean, what we have to. We, we didn't I even mean, really touch on it. On just ridiculous weekend of NFL football this weekend. And I know everybody said it, but still, it just has to be said. It's incredible. Yeah. The the and, and again, I'm part of my take. They did it, and and I know, like we've we've gone to them a lot. They were they never nailed anything as much as like the parents texting about football this weekend. Like my mom and dad were texting me from the same room about the Chiefs and Bills game. Like, I don't know if you guys got a text from your dad or whatever watching the game. I watched with with one of my friend's dads, and I think he had some of the most fun he's had in years. (laughs) Yeah, it was like I literally just sending texts going, this is awesome. This is fantastic. Like, this is it was it was the best. It was and the game was on tonight. I was watching it tonight on NFL Network. Like It was just so much fun. It was incredible. Honestly. The video the NFL put out with Kelsey just orchestrating the entire thing is mm-hmm. maybe the best content ever picked up on in terms of like timing and just you say what you will about Travis Kelsey, but man, that is that's incredible. If if there is something mic'd up, it's my promise to you that I will watch it. I would watch like a hard knocks version of like a JV high school volleyball 
team. Like I love all the mic'd up behind the scenes stuff. And I can't wait for this Netflix PGA Tour show. That's gonna it's gonna come you gotta out watch. Like a year yeah, from you, now, but you gotta watch Drive to Survive then, RDT. You need to give that a yeah, shot. Yeah, I'm sure, like again, I'm I'm sure I'd love it. Just have to find the time in between the fourth time we watch Finding Dory and the fifth time that we watch The Grinch still. You're still watching The Grinch. I watched it's almost the Grinch February. this morning at 6 30. Wow. I'm I'm so fascinated. I the the, the you my need favorite, to take back your house. I think my favorite part that, about and when, I end up, when I hopefully God God willing become a parent, I can't wait to just watch these Disney movies. I love all these movies. It's yeah. gonna be so now six thirty in the morning. Ooh, but, well, I know. didn't watch it. I'm more like it's on. She's eating breakfast. I'm curled up on the couch, like setting an alarm for every fifteen minutes so I can get up and check that she's still watching tv and not like <laughs> taking my car keys and going outside yeah all, all i've got i'm giving my entire my entire uh my t- entire time to the terps for this one they're, they're, they're they dominated my last four or five days around basketball i'll allow it yeah um that's it guys i have to give one i, I have to end this unfortunately on a somber note but i think it's worth talking about um, incredibly sad that what happened with the Baltimore firefighters this week, that was, that mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah. and, and which has unfortunately continued a week and a couple months of sad things to happen in the city, but Paul Buttram, Kelsey Sadler, Kenny Lacayo all passed away in the, in the, uh, in the situation there. So sad and, and thoughts to those, those people's families and that entire community, that firefighter, you know, first responder community very tight-knit obviously you know that is dangerous work that not a lot of people want to do and it seemed like all three of them had dedicated their lives to it and that was super super sad um and then john mcmaster's in he was in stable condition in the same incident so not a lot of times i feel like we 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 jump over into this world i know we have it at times the the, the non-sports fun let's talk about this but i think that really impacted the city over the last couple of days so felt like we should mention it and and send our condolences that way because that's super sad, man. I mean, that is, you just don't want to see that. And those people are trying to keep us safe day in and day out. So it's well said. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those videos were awful of the, like the firefighters following the white van, leaving the hospital. I don't know if you guys saw those. Those were like, that. Yeah. That. that was, that was tough. stuff's heartbreaking. So, um, you know, this sort of a, I feel like we're kind of a community podcast. So sometimes got to, got to jump into that stuff that, that affects the community and, and it thought it would be remiss not to mention it. So um, thinking about those people and obviously um, support all of them and, and, and what they do um, day in and day out. But that's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Make sure to follow the pod X52 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow the boys at Barstool Banks for Banks at E-D-I-T-T-I 22 for RDT. Follow me at Taylor Smythe 10th. Thanks as always to Fed Thrill. Threat Level Midnight's got all your X-52 merch. And Jimmy Seafood has got the best freaking seafood in town. Appreciate it. It's all Rakim Jarrett there for his birthday. That's a little Terp Jimmy's connection. Love to see that the other night for hopefully a guy that's a star next year for the Terps. But we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.